You're listening to Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia. This is Topazu. And uh, I have a very special guest with me today. We're just going to get right into it. Happy Halloween. Um, Happy Halloween. Hello. Howdy. I have the, that voice that you're just listening to right now is Only Now. And he's got releases on Polar and Infinite Machines. They're just really, really brilliant, brilliant releases. Very good live artist as well, sir. Um, and this is, I guess, in some way, a Halloween special. So happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. The only, the only fucking holiday I actually care about. Me too, yeah. actually. Yes. Of all of these made-up holidays, which is really all of them, genuinely. Um, this and uh, what I consider is Chinese Day of the Dead is like my favorite holidays. Absolutely, those are, those yeah. Are the most important. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Halloween weekend. This is like when it all goes down, yeah. more or less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this is like a little warm up to hopefully what everybody's nights will be like moving right. forward. And also considering it is a uh, darker pagan holiday, we also have Day of the Dead as well as um, Chinese Day of the Dead has already passed. It's actually which day was that? Um, that's in the spring, actually, uh, which was actually on Barrett's birthday, by wow. the way. That's trippy. It's really trippy. So I did a very big homage to, to Barrett, um, who we, we miss very much. Yeah. Uh, but that being said... Um, happy Halloween. Yes. And, uh, so in music news, I was actually thinking about this when I was listening to your music and I'm reading this article that was, uh, recently on Accelerator. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, and it was with, uh, Laurent Garnier. Oh. Who is a legend. Yeah. And he, it was actually kind of an opinion piece. And he was trying to mull over this question of, is techno music still about the future? Because, of course, with Detroit Techno and Drexia and uh, Jeff Mills and that specific era of music um, back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, even the 2000s, techno music was sort of created to talk about current affairs, of course, but also really talk about how people were trying to imagine the future. And yeah. this, this article is really interesting, and I, I feel like your music kind of addresses this sort of idea in some sense, sonically, of, uh, I think, obviously, like, past sounds and past influences, but there is something very futuristic about it. So do you think that techno Thanks. music <laughs> Do you think that techno music is still about the future? I think there are people making techno and electronic music that is super about the future mm-hmm. and um, but I also think that because techno is such a it's a part of I mean it's existed literally the entire time that you and I have been alive. Exactly. You know. So it's it is an institution. Mm-hmm. It has untold history, and I think we're living in an age where genres like techno, house, and things like that, they have such a lineage that uh, people keep dipping in as mm-hmm. they as new producers come out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move this mic so we can actually look at each other. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Hello, I'm, I'm sir. Up today. Hello. <laughs> so 
uh, as new producers and things come out, they rediscover the past yeah. and they fetishize the past as they should, because yeah. you should always know about your roots and where music came from and right. things like that. Right. But uh, there's a fetishism that has existed super hard for the last decade or so of recreating those types of classic records yeah. that falls into two camps. People who add to it and then people who sort of retro worship as you may call it. Mm-hmm. And actually you wouldn't you, you wouldn't actually know if the record came out in 1993 versus now minus some sonic details and the way the mastering and loudness and like sort of new technology sonics would go mm-hmm. but stylistically it's undecipherable you know mm-hmm. so i feel like techno music is divided in a, in a and dance music as a whole is divided in a place where there's like people who feel like the safe zone just like a great punk band you don't expect different shit from them but right. they're gonna play the hits that you heard when you were 17 mm-hmm. and 12 and it's okay it just doesn't mean that it's futuristic music and then there's this other part of techno and electronic music which is trying to redefine what techno is mm-hmm. uh inject its influence into other spheres which is something that i i'd like to think that i try to do you know mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of people doing that and I, I just feel like what might get featured in a magazine say like accelerator or fact doesn't necessarily have to represent what's happening on the streets and sometimes it feels like we're going through a if you're a sort of a crunchy old vet like myself you sort of feel like you're you feel like you're seeing the same story over and over again and you're wondering where the you're wondering where the new sound is you know it just might necessarily be covered but it's out there and that's where Mm. people like you and our dear friends and that's where our role as curators come in and yeah. try to show people where the future is because the the aesthetic and the attitude is definitely there amongst the people who are the purveyors of it and the legends too right. you know like, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah and what i think is really interesting i was talking to a promoter and uh, also a dj uh based in shanghai it was oh, in cool. shanghai for a hot minute and um she was saying something really genome 666 uh, no. Oh, different person. Okay. <laughs> different person. Okay. Um, but what she was saying, which I thought was super fascinating, was the definition of techno music used to be something, you know, when you think about techno with a big T, you know, big room techno or et cetera, you have a very specific idea of what techno music is. This is from her perspective, um, where it's probably more minimal and it's probably more European. And when people hear that word, they make those kinds of associations where for her, especially with the kind of music that's kind of coming out of Shanghai and the kinds of DJs that are in Shanghai and the environment and how it's different, her specific definition of techno music is vastly different hmm. where she doesn't find that it it prescribes necessarily to a specific sound or a specific genres. Um, it's constantly sort of this evolving thing that's redefining itself. And that being said, from someone from Shanghai, would you, like, how do you think that techno music is being redefined here in the Bay Area? Hmm. Yeah, that's a big question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Shanghai has a lot of really cool things going on there. Very much actually. so. And just, like, I think what she's saying is it's like, it's electronic music. Right. You know, I don't know how else to say it. It's such a, like a, and that's something that it, it, it 
the definition sometimes precludes the creativity in, in, in mm. not in reality but in theory you know mm. um, and in the Bay Area I feel like there are a few hubs I've said this a few times before and I, that's why I'm drawn to places like that but there are like three or four genre hubs where if you're going to hear something new if you're going to hear something cutting edge even if the genre itself or the show itself doesn't fully represent that the people who are there who are pushing those agendas are going to be there and techno would be definitely one of them mm -hmm. i feel like anything from like um the all the way from like catabatic crew all the way to uh folks like um um doing more ambient work like mm -hmm. thomas demuzio mm -hmm. and guys like scott arford there's like a lineage of things to the mills camp to um flower shop and spaz and all those types of things the one place i'm going to see all these people is probably at a show of the of that nature mm -hmm. and i i feel like those circles right there have in in my lifetime out here they've kind of touched on all the nodes of new sonics that are in the bay area and i think something that often gets looked overlooked here in the bay area um is that that Although there might be a lot of techno nights and things like that, by the numbers, I feel like the Bay Area is like one of the richest experimental music scenes Absolutely. in the in the in the world. Frankly, um, I agree. by the numbers, like meaning like there's like hundred guys making records, hundred people, you know, doing things, and they're basically all these different folks are uh, working on overwhelmingly. If I had to take it by the numbers pretty progressive experimental music mm -hmm. and then the things that sort of bubble to the top that play the music industry game and the club game and all that shit and all that shit that mm -hmm. that generally ends up being something that's far more conventional so i feel like the bay area is just an untapped resource for weirdo music as a whole and boundary pushing music it's just that you have to really look to find it it's not often really romanticized or mm -hmm. publicized here mm -hmm. everybody kind of has their their weekly radio show their thing they do but if they don't necessarily leave the bay area and necessary and until like say mutech and a few other things that i've seen come internationally mm -hmm. the world hasn't necessarily recognized it yeah. As a, as a scene, but all these individuals are going and doing things in different countries. There's also quite and, a bit know. of history. Yeah. I mean, in terms of you know, obviously like we have the school of Bukla and we have Mills, but we also have Josh Kit Clayton and uh, a totally. number of musicians that have actually either still have their roots here or have started their roots here. Our Rose, also a good friend of Josh Kit Clayton. Um, went to Mills, actually. Yeah, Blevin yes. Blechtum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I remember playing parties with them, man, That's in so cool. 98, 99, Kid 606, Blevin, mm -hmm. Matmos, mm -hmm. uh, Wobbly, Fluorescent Gray, all of rock. This, like, this group of people has been here for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mills is definitely a centerpiece of it. I, I wish I had spent more time there, honestly, over the years. Yeah. It's like... Um, but I feel like Bay Area is in a very cool spot right now where the world is, is fully aware because all the great DJs and artists play here all the fucking time. Like, we're super spoiled. We are. Like, we're really super are. spoiled. Like, I mean, there's a probably at least 10 instances in the last three months where you or I have been like, I'm just too lazy to go out. But <laughs> if we lived in some fucking bodunk town, we would be shitting ourselves to go see these people. That is very true. <laughs> Especially with live performers, because 
um, I, I forgot who I was talking to, but somebody actually said that San Francisco is kind of famous for live PAs, which I don't know if that's necessarily true, because that was from a perspective of an out, quote unquote outsider, somebody who doesn't live here, and they're they're like, oh, you you guys do a lot of live shows. Once it's not again, really about yeah. DJing. I'd say Oakland and SF have that, yeah. in the sense that it's not like. There are a lot of great DJs that have come out of San Francisco, but it's, I don't think it's seen. I still don't think, maybe outside of like house music or something, I don't mm-hmm. think the world looks at San Francisco as a DJ city. They see it as a like something more live. Yeah. Um, and for electronic music, that's the one thing. That's why I've always focused on that personally. Yeah. I didn't see the, the with such a great uh, a round of, of influence and resources to go check out live mm-hmm. music. Um it seemed like that was the way to escape San Francisco and also the way to rise above the noise within the DJ community here because it never ever got that much respect, you know? Like, yeah. as, a, as a whole, like, there have been people who've been killing it for years and it's better than a lot of, like, people from Berlin or London or whatever and nobody gives a shit. So it's like, okay, that's, that's happening, so... But their live music, I think, stands above, and there's a really good community to sort of shit test it and bounce back and forth with people right. and get ideas um, without being judged because it's decidedly low profile and super underground. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think I talk about this and have mentioned this a lot on the show. We've always been lucky enough to not have anyone pay attention to what we're doing, particularly press, so that we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> That's true. San Francisco yeah. gets super dissed on the press. Like, we do. Overall. Overall. Last few years, Oakland and SF have gotten a little bit more action on it. But overall, mm-hmm. like, um, I think SF also, and in the Bay Area, uh, I shouldn't just be saying San Francisco. It's, like, m- probably more people making records in the East Bay right now as a whole. That's um, true. But, like, the, the Bay Area uh, doesn't get that much press for the amount of output. It has absolutely um, for the amount of output that actually translates into being on international labels or NTS or you know however whatever whatever meter you want to use to gauge it um, it's there. I do feel like Oakland gets a lot of love for its punk and hip hop scenes, but other than that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not. Um, <laughs> and speaking of uh, being able to do whatever we want and live sets, I'm gonna have you play live. In yeah. uh, a few minutes. Um, is there anything coming up in your world, in the world of Only Now, mm-hmm. um, in terms of releases or performances that everybody should pay attention to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, today you're going to hear some pieces from uh, an upcoming vinyl I have early next year on Discrepant. Mm-hmm. Which is four pieces and a couple interludes. Um, and it sort of blends this sort of nihilistic tribal, tribal sort of sound. Um, and my favorite part of like sort of the, the, the dark arts, which is like intros and outros. So like read, me read, trying to redo the sort of the spirit of my favorite black metal intros and Very like cool. things like that. So it's a little bit of a different record for me. Yeah. It's a really like linear record. Mm. Um, but that'll be coming on vinyl on discrepant um, 
fairly early next year, and you're going to see a few leaks from that on Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. Then you'll hear bits of the new Only Now and Origin Part 2 series. I think I gave you that cassette. Yeah, so that's a a project on uh, Sukata tapes out Mm -hmm. of Lisbon and London. And uh, almost done with round two of that. Um, That's my buddy Lucas, who actually you'll hear in my DJ set, you'll hear music that we made in high school together. So so we've made records for like 20 years together. It's crazy, right? So um, there's some stuff there. And then there's going to be a big chunk of Only Now um, coming out on Bandcamp exclusively, along with designs, patches, and more long sleeves, and sort of like all these like one-off pieces that... uh, it explores a lot of Euclidean sequencing and mm-hmm. sort of um, more composer type sound, type of stuff I've been doing. Um, so composition, non-beat work, um, mm. and interspersed with singles of uh, more beat work. So it's like there's a trove of ambient and sort of cyclical power music, I'd like to call it, or power ambient, like stuff I've reamped through a wall of amps, things that are like sort of like rock and roll techniques but on some ambient type of stuff mm. and then really really minimal fairly dj friendly one singles that'll lead up to the to the vinyl next year so keep an eye on my Bandcamp. it's really easy to find it's uh, only now on Bandcamp, and uh i keep in touch with everybody on there and mm. yeah that's where you see the stuff very very cool yeah uh and so i'm gonna have only now play a live set of uh, some of those pieces of music that he just talked about. And uh, we're going to come back, and then I'm going to have him continue with the DJ set right after that. You're listening to Infinite Beat. I am Topazu. You're about to hear a live set by Only Now in a few minutes. Thank you.
You're listening to Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia. This is Tapazu, and you're just listening to a live set from Only Now. Bravo, sir. That was fantastic. Thank you. Um, and right now, you're listening to Caroline K. This is Animal Lattice. And we're Ooh, actually... Nice. Yes, I love this record. What label is this on? Um, well, it was re-released on... I don't want to say it's Blackest Ever Black. It might actually be Blackest Ever Black. I can't remember who re-released this, but it's the whole record is just beautiful, weird, ambient, dark ambient record. So I see on your screen a Chris and Cosi. It does remind me of some of their better later stuff. Yeah. From Chris and Cosi. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, kind of. It's Apple's um, algorithm was right. <laughs> the fuck? Uh, I think this record came out in like 1980, 1981 or something like that. Oh, okay. So it's of the same era. It is, okay, it is cool. the same. Similar. It's actually new to me, totally. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I can send this to you, too, by the way. Please. Side note. <laughs> uh, but bravo. Very nice life set. Oh, thanks. Um, I'm actually going to have only now to give the show right after this track. Uh, and he's going to DJ. Yeah, I got some fun selections for you. I know that you just went to Japan. I did. So I, I brought out some of the, uh, the obscurities from the gorge scene out of Tokyo. Very cool. Which combines sort of this, I don't know, sort of like this vaporwave, sea punk kind of aesthetic, hmm. but derived around rock climbing. Hmm. Not too different sonically than what you just heard from me. Very drummy, mm. very minimal, mm. very percussive, and extremely Japanese. Um, <laughs> I don't, you, you'll know it the moment you hear it. You're like, yes, this is made in Tokyo, and it I, could only be made in Tokyo. It was like yeah. trying to explain to someone recently, because um, Japanese techno is just such a huge influence on the kinds of music that I like to play um, in terms of DJing. And what is that? What is that sound? What is that, like, Tokyo sound? Like, what is it? I mean, I feel like the... I don't know if it's Tokyo, Osaka. There's, a, there's, there's little sort of pockets uh, within mm-hmm. within my small knowledge base of Japanese music, which would be, like, the dub world, the, the sort of dub and reggae mm-hmm. stuff that they do really well. Which is huge there. It's huge. The yeah. noise scene, which is, you know, noise and power electronics and extreme music, which they've always, I felt like, been kind of the most definitive, mm-hmm. biggest boldest statements and i think that's what defines japanese music even if it's not extreme japanese music mm-hmm. it is big bold statements that are uncompromising mm-hmm. and i feel like american artists Br- british artists berlin german based artists from our sort of corners of the world like they're very concerned with having a, a dialogue with their peers and mm-hmm. i feel like the japanese always like just stand out and they just say this is what it is it's monolithic mm-hmm. take it or leave it and you know and yeah. there's something so powerful about that it's something that's part of the country you know yeah so. i also feel like there's something kind of universally psychedelic about yeah. their music and i think it's because of um you know from my perspective not being a japanese person being an asian person but not a japanese person is that they their culture is so ingrained in the natural world yeah um, you know, yeah. the whole, like, the natural world, everything around you is God, um, which I think translates also into their electronics and their experimental music. I think that's a pretty good... I think, yeah, I think that's why 
they're at peace with that. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. I could also be wrong because I'm not a Japanese person. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been to Japan once, and I've been. My wife mm-hmm. is from Okinawa, so I've mm. been over there, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's a strain. And the, the the artists that I've met from out there, that there's not like a. You know, when you meet somebody at a party or some shit like that, right? And you ask right. them what what their record sounds like. Mm-hmm. They often, and I'm guilty of this too, for lack of a, of having a better way of putting things, sort of throw out four influences and say, let's find a fuck point between all these people, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I get it. I know what you sound like. Okay, cool. And then you hear it, and generally it's pretty fucking accurate, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Japanese artists, they'll never say that. I just never had that conversation where they go, it's like this. You know? I think just that phrase oh. is just not part of the dialogue. And that's what's so cool. And it's something to take, learn, stand on your own two feet, and not compromise. I love it. You know? Very cool. Well, you're going to play some yes. music yeah. from Japan. Uh, so, you, again, you're listening to Infinite Beat. I'm Topezu. You're about to hear a DJ set from only now in a few minutes. Thank you.